Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion. It's a podcast that explores Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And today, you might be wondering, who they have it on? Like, what scholar, what pastor theologian is Joe going to have on the Thursday episode? Because if if Jimmy's going to miss one, usually it's the Thursday episode. So here's what we're going to do. You ready? Boom. Fofo in the house. Hi. Hi, guys. <laughs> Hi. Well, Joe, I just want to I want to thank you. I want to thank you for having me on your Thursday episode. Uh, you know, I typically don't get invited to these anymore, but I'm glad that uh, this week I'm able to make it. Yeah. Who declined to meet? Who was Nobody. it that passed up the opportunity to be on Thursday? And hence why sometimes, listen, don't call it a comeback. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Don't call it a comeback. Okay. But it kind of feels like a comeback. Well, I'm just saying, like, uh, if if uh, we can always do Wednesday at this time, because this is after work, right? So, like, this is mm-hmm. I try to sneak in uh, an interview at, dur- at different times, and you can't do it when those are going on. That's why you're not usually on those. And we run yeah, out of yeah, steam. J-O-B. And we run out of steam when it's, like, on a, when we're recording on a Saturday morning. We get, like, two done, and we're like, okay. Well, I mean, one of us is older than the other and runs out of steam. It's fine. Yeah. It's, it's, no, it's, uh, listen, uh, I'm, I'm <laughs> basically coasting at this point. I have no power. I've got, uh, <laughs> I've got nothing going on. Man, so you look like uh, you look like a coach for, like, Tennessee footballers. What are you – you're wearing, like, an orange Izod. What and, is uh, that? Know, what, why? Don't worry about it. Is, or, why orange? I, you know, it's comfy. Okay, but it's orange. I love the color. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's actually orange. Well, it's orange, it's in, the, orange. in the video. Off orange counts. Yeah. It's not salmon, but it's no. tangerine. No, salmon's got like some pink in it's it. A, or it's citrus. It's citrus. Okay. All right. All righty then. Well, uh, you have a good day? Uh, a long day. Good yeah. day. How is it a long day? This is, if but it's this, only is, this, this is what makes it better. Uh, I start pretty early. Oh, really? I still got you. I got you know stuff in Europe that I got to take care yeah. of before I even uh, get to the office here. Why don't they uh, adjust to your time? Oh, I've tried. It has not <laughs> seemed to work for them to uh, change up their schedules and start a lot earlier. <laughs> but yeah. they seem to quite understand my schedule because uh, they they definitely all of a sudden I get wham bammed. Starting around 6 a.m. when they know that I'm on. Okay, yeah, <laughs> good. Right before they leave, right? Uh, no, no, they leave around, it's only like six hours, right? Depending on where they're at okay. uh, for the difference. So so that's about, you know, yeah. Well, six hours. I, still, I, I, I get a hold of, yeah, till about 11, 11 o'clock, 12 is when I know, okay, people are starting to head out. They're not there anymore. All right, all right. Well, mm-hmm. uh, listen, we've... Uh, we were planning on talking about something. We're, we are going to talk about that thing, but uh, but we got an email from a guy named RJ, and he is a listener of the pod. He has uh, been to the conferences. He he loves us. Yeah, a lot of nice things to say. Uh, but uh, he took issue with how we handled um, FBC Jacksonville's uh, church member agreement. Uh, whatever. Mm. And, uh, and so if you want to go back and listen to that, that was Monday's episode. And, uh, and essentially what we focused on was that uh, to continue to be a member at First Baptist Church Jacksonville, you, uh, you will now have to sign a statement on a biblical understanding of sexual ethics, essentially. And, yeah. um, and so we talked about that. We would agree with what the statement says. Uh, we were uncomfortable with the idea that 
the members are having to sign something in addition to the covenant now. That was what was weird for us. We were like, well, I would just mm-hmm. change the covenant, and maybe and maybe that's what they're doing. I didn't understand exactly all that was going on there. But uh, but he wrote us an yeah. email, and we're not going to read all of it because it's a little long, even though it was helpful. Uh, Jimmy, you want to read part of this? Or do you want me to read it? Sure. No, I'll read it. Uh, that's why I was uh, getting it bigger. Uh, to be clear, this is a legal move, which you should look into as a legit decision for churches in the future that seeks to protect our church from LGBTQ lawsuits and attacks using our bathrooms, etc. Nothing more. But we have been slandered and maligned. As shepherds, they have sought to protect the body with this amendment. We hate abortion, but no one is being sued by abortion clinics. But so many are under fire from the LGBTQ groups. Therefore, our people voted to adopt this as part of the membership commitment at our church, protect our body, and make clear where our entire church stands. FBC Jacks, whether you know it or not, is a massive revitalization that Pastor Heath and our team have undertaken, and it's going well. They may never be fully 1689 in confession reform, but they are faithful SBC brothers and sisters with no, quote, suspicious activity here. Yeah, so obviously one of the things he's responding to Sorry, what was the quote what was the yeah, what was the quote for suspicious? Yeah, he's responding to Cuz like when you quote when you Go ahead. I was just gonna say he's responding to the attacks, the you know the verbal attacks about oh you simply hate LGBTQ people. Uh, apparently they've been inundated with a lot of bad press because they're they're uh, showing that their church fundamentally agrees on these biblical issues of sexual ethics. But people have been using that as an opportunity to attack them and say things about them that aren't necessarily true or aren't true at all. I haven't read all of those attacks, so. I'm not really sure, but I'm, I imagine that's what he's that's what he's referring to. And again, we, we haven't didn't, we no. didn't say anything. No, we no, didn't no. say anything like that, that. There was something suspicious, or no. it looks suspicious, or it looks okay. Yeah, not us, not us. So no, okay. I, I I think you know in, in you know to to understand where he's coming from, RJ, like you know that's his church. They're working hard and they're trying to do the right thing, yeah. trying to protect the church. And then we come along and we're like, no, nah, we didn't do it that way. And uh, it probably felt like piling on. So uh, so let's be clear. Um, RJ, uh, man, thank you for being such a supporter and uh, a consistent listener. You've been to the conferences. Um, we love that. And uh, we love to hear about Ooh. good works of revitalization, man. That is awesome. Uh, we weren't piling on, as at least that wasn't our intent, right? Uh, but we didn't do no. a deep dive into it either. And uh, what we, I guess one of the things we should have said was, um, in defense of the church, they are trying to protect the church. They are doing what they're doing to, um, to make sure that the church isn't subject to frivolous uh, and unfounded lawsuits. And so this is one of the ways that they're attempting to do that. Now, we, we've actually, you know, have the same concerns that some people might try to uh, come at the church through legal means. And so what we've done to protect Redeemer is we've we ad- 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 adjusted our, um, our constitution, right, and our policies. So the, our constitution and policies are in place um, to protect us, and we think that's a good way to do that. Right, Jimmy? No, I agree. And I think this is where uh, I know you and I kind of had a little bit of back and forth where – you know, if you're changing something with the Constitution or changing something with – you are reaffirming, I guess I would say, right, some of the things that that we're saying as members. I, I do think we want to make sure – and I, I think this is where he's coming from – is there may have been – and we don't know the situation. Maybe there were members that did not affirm this, right? Maybe there were members that do not affirm this. And so, yeah, there's – you know, they're trying to say, hey, if you're a member – and you're to be a member of this church, 
we are going to say we're changing, and this is, you know, we're, or sorry, we're stating more clearly. I think that's a better way to put it. We're stating more clearly uh, our beliefs and practices, and now we want to make sure everyone that says they are a member mm-hmm. understands this is very clearly where we stand. Right. And from what I remember when we talked about this on Monday, uh, they had actually, what they're signing off on is something that the church voted on and passed. So it's already been you know affirmed as a local church. Um, and so again, we'll have to go and see exactly how this is you know, playing out in the, I probably won't because it's not my church, but you know, it would be, it would be interesting to go in and to look at, you know, their, their covenant, their bylaws and all of that stuff to see how this is ultimately, you know, sort of ratified. I, I'm, you know, cause he mentioned specifically, you know, one, them wanting to use the bathrooms. And again, I imagine this is a big church too. So uh, there might be uh, extra, an extra draw to that church for people that are looking to cause trouble. But, um, but I, I, it'll be interesting to see, like, I don't know how that statement will actually change any of the bathroom issues. You'll have to have a policy in place that says who is, or isn't allowed to use bathrooms. You know, if you don't want a, a transgender woman to use the little girl's bathroom, then you'd have to say, well, you know, biological men, biological women, you know, I don't know. I just don't know how they're ultimately dealing with it. That's not, I, I don't have that information. No, but I think what's, what's definitely clear here. Uh, and he even says to be clear, uh, this is a legal move, which you should look into as a legit decision for churches of the future that seek to protect our church. Right. So even as you're talking about, you know, the, the reality is churches are going to need to start thinking through these things. Yeah. Right. Uh, as things are increasing and as, these issues are even becoming more prevalent. They're becoming more acceptable. There's, there's, you know, mainline and there's, you know, uh, churches that are affirming of this. It's becoming more and more where, yeah, they're looking to say, maybe there were people within their congregation that were affirming this and saying, no, to be a member, this is where we are. Not just like, yeah, here we are as a church, we're affirming it, but now almost like re like, I, I you know, to be honest, the more and more I think of it, the more and more I understand it, right, of uh, wanting to make sure that at the member level, the voting level, people that are voting for the for the officers of the church, the budget of the church, that have that sense of responsibility and ownership of the church, they are aligned. Right, right. And, you know, they're, you know, they specifically said, because, you know, in my back and forth with, uh, with our brother, um, through email, um, I, I believe you know we talked about it's 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 really about the idea of of lawsuits, right? Like that's that's like one of the major concerns here. Um, and so I, I yes, absolutely, we're going to have to be aware of what's going on. Um, we've made some adjustments in light of some of that, um, but yeah, how like we've we've had um, you know we have people that are you know sharing the gospel with their friends and their neighbors, and you know some of them are, are transgendered people, and so then the question is, is like okay, if they come, what bathroom are they going to use? You know, uh, and is that mm-hmm. going to be an issue? Uh, it's it's a whole like for example, I know that. Um, what can I share? I know that like, let's just, I'll use, I'll, I'll, I'll take it out of any, any examples. Um, you know, somebody that transitioned 25 years ago and has been living as a different sex all this time. Um, in the minds of some people, 
they're like, okay, well, that's that's not a concern anymore because they're not trying to be predatory. We want to try and minister the gospel with them. They're not going to make an issue. Other people are going to say, hey, uh, I don't know them, and this is still crossing lines. And if we allow one person to do it who's been transitioned for 25 years, we would have to allow somebody to do it that's been only transitioned for five months, right, or who's in the process of transitioning. So I get that you got to have these policies, and you, we definitely do need to think them through. Um, for, for not only for lawsuits, but just for protecting, you know, people, you know, people in the church, you know, or young people that, you know, and again, this is not, no, I'm not suggesting, you know, Jimmy wouldn't suggest that every person who is transitioning um, is a predator. Uh, like that, that's, we don't believe that, um, you know, there, there are, there are straight predators, there are gay predators, and there are those that transition for predatory purposes. Um, but we're just looking at like, how do we keep everybody safe? So I, I think it's a legit conversation and I think it's, it is legit for people to be working through these things. And uh, you know what? Like I'm with you, Jimmy, at this point, uh, they are, they are working hard to take care of the church, addressing something that a lot of other churches maybe aren't addressing. So good on them for that. Right. Good on them for that. And I mean, honestly, you know, the it, it is like you mentioned a larger church, which maybe, okay, they're going to potentially, uh, attract more attention right uh but the one thing i was actually thinking was now if this is me from like i guess a uh just a different standpoint of for us as a smaller church when even if we have members that don't completely align we're still able to kind of work with people at that level now imagine a church of ten thousand, yeah with exponentially more Right. And let's yep. just say by by that ratio, more people that are maybe not on the same page and able then to sort of feed off each other, like, in, you know, encourage one another, sort of cause a bit more. Kind of sure. understand it, you know? Yeah, no, I, I definitely I definitely see the, the tension there, you know, and smaller churches they all we all have our own risks right and we have different yeah, yeah. Um, different problems so i know we you know large churches are like i'm glad i'm not dealing with those problems and they're probably glad they're dealing with their problems i don't want to deal with their problems i'm happy to deal with my problems right god has us all where we're yeah, at yeah. um but yeah yeah i think i think it's easy to uh, for smaller churches it definitely is easy for us to become suspicious of large churches uh, to dismiss any church of any like big, big size, like, well, obviously they're selling out. Otherwise they wouldn't be that big. Like I hear this and I've, I've, I've felt this before that book outgrowing the ingrown church by this guy, uh, Calvin Miller, I think his name is, uh, you know, he talks about this, like with a small church who that isn't growing oftentimes will look around and see other churches growing and then in suspicion and be like, Oh, well, that's what happened. Why does the gate you know, that's what they're doing. They're just, you know, if it, we're small because narrow is the gate. Like we're being faithful. We're preaching the hard truth. And, um, and so people yeah. are going to reject it. Sorry. Yeah. I wasn't saying I was suspicious. If I said that, no, that's you didn't. not what I no, meant. No, I'm I, just talking about oh, people. Okay, good. All right. Uh, You're so oh, defensive, okay, okay. bro. <laughs> was, oh my gosh. Well, no, I was like, I was like, I, I'm, I'm like, man, we're over the internet. Maybe, maybe it's lost in translation. You know? Yeah. Maybe it's the orange is throwing you off. I think the orange is throwing you maybe off. The, well, maybe it's it's throwing you off. Hey. It's throwing you off. Do you have a goatee in that picture behind you, your head, or is that a beard? Nope. Oh, other, way, other way. Other way. No, go- no, I'm covering Is you. that a goatee picture? 
Or is it a beard picture? No, it's not. It's a beard it's picture. It's a beard. Okay, all right. All it's right. a beard picture. Darn it. Too bad. All right. That was yeah. in southern France. Oh, well, it looks like it was mm. taken at Wheeler Park in Geneva. So, uh, great it job. It was. I was lying. <laughs> <laughs> so, and you know, honestly, so I, no, I was just bringing up like, you know, like I was saying like, hey, we, you know, we, and we, we do try to be generous toward other Christians and churches, yeah. um, and we don't always do that. And so we might have come across as, or we might not have been as generous as we should have been in talking about, uh, you know, this, this move by FBC. Um, and so I was just pointing out, like, you know, it is easy for smaller churches to look at what a big church is doing and then be suspicious. That's how I got to that, uh, in case you were wondering mm, how I gotcha. got there. All right. Hey, listen. I was wondering. I definitely, I definitely was wondering. Yeah. You're blaming me. No, no, no. So RJ, listen, mm. man. Thanks for the pushback. It was, uh, it was clear. It was, it was respectful, and we receive it well. Thank you, Boo Boo. All right. All right. So we we got another email. Um, uh, this one's you. You can. Read oh, you this. want me? Oh, great. Okay. Well, I don't have my glasses. I'm gonna, okay. It's the long one. This I, one's yours. I can, oh, never mind. I, can, I didn't know I can, you weren't ready. I can blow it up. I can. I can. I can make the the text bigger. All right. So. Um, I'm going to make it bigger. Hang on. And bang. There we go. Hey, guys. I'm a longtime listener. First time writing in. I've gleaned much wisdom and insight from your podcast over the years, and I would love to sit down one day with you both, talk ministry and theology, and, of course, enjoy some cigars while we're at it. Right on. I like that. Uh, I'm writing to you, seeking godly counsel, as I find myself in a position I never could have imagined. I am a young pastor in only my second year of vocational ministry, on staff at a non-elder-led church. Uh, I'll skip all that. Uh, while we do not have elders, we do have a team of staff pastors that somewhat function like elders, but the church is not elder-led. With that, there is also less than clear communication regarding the hierarchy of authority amongst pastoral staff. Yeah, but that's confusing. That makes sense. I can, I can, I can imagine. All right, so he said, uh, we recently had an incident that involved a pastor being placed on leave, only for him to be welcomed back to the pulpit after less than a year. I did not believe that he was ready to be restored to pastoral leadership, but the team of pastors that made that decision disagreed. I now find myself stuck between a rock and a hard place, wanting to submit to my fellow pastors and lead the congregation well, while also clearly disagreeing on the return of this other pastor. Relationships have been strained, and my wife and I feel like we're at the end of our rope. We don't want to give up on the congregation that we love, but we don't see how we can continue to be a part of this church. Um staff how would y'all proceed in a situation like this do either of you have any advice on how i could move forward in a biblical way that honors my family as my first ministry and that honors the bride of christ all righty well this will be super easy since uh you know it's filled with details and we have the full picture so uh jimmy wrap it up well that's just it <laughs> well that's just it you and i do have a full picture because there's a whole section where we're asked not to read it yes <laughs> So and that's the problem here. Yeah, we can't we can't go into like the details of you know all that's being all all that's being said, um, but uh, we can talk about this in principle, right? Yeah, we could talk about all right. So if a pastor has to be uh, put on leave, right? Is that how it's said? Uh, yeah, placed on leave, which is a weird way to describe it, because is someone on leave or are they under discipline? You know, uh, listen, yeah. I would love for the church to put me on leave for the sake of chill. <laughs> that would be fun. Like, I would, I would they put me on leave for chill. But I think normally, um, you know, when, when you hear like, oh, the, the, this officer has been put on leave or whatever, it usually means that it's, 
it's there's something going on, but you know, usually on leave with pay, you know, it's that kind of a situation. So without for sure, and I mean, I think, and I think like okay, so there's there are different things. So you're looking at it the negative, like on the positive, like we've. I mean, we've shared this, right? Like there's been uh, circumstances, I think, uh, in in your life, right? In, in your time where the elders have said, hey, Joe, take some time off. Yeah. That's that's a leave, yeah. right? Like that's right. a, hey, go refresh, relax, do what you got to do. You're going through a season, right? Like th- that's the positive. So when you hear mm-hmm. that, it's like there is a positive aspect of, hey, we're, we're kind of placing someone on leave, yeah. right? Um, the issue, though, is – there is that sense of administrative leave, mm-hmm. which is we've never put you on that. Yeah. But there is that sense of like administrative leave where, hey, something's going on. We're kind of checking it out. We'll get back to you with more. But it looks like in here, I, I, again, I don't know. We can't, you know, there's a bit of a lack of transparency um, and communication on what's happening. Right. Yep. Um, like I know, I know after I left. Okay. So I became a believer. And then uh, loved that church, was, was really encouraged by that church. Um, I had the opportunity to be part of another church in Elgin, right, as far as in a youth capacity. Uh, and the senior pastor at the time, that was also the founding pastor, of the had one, an affair. Of the one in Elgin? Yeah, don't okay. try to think through who No, it no, was. no, no, I'm just trying to follow, <laughs> like, which church? Okay. Oh, not, not the one, not... Yeah, not the one where you got saved. St. Charles. Yeah, you got saved in St. Charles. Yeah. We're looking at a church in Elgin. Got it. Correct. And like, I mean, the guy was the founding pastor, lead pastor, and I would probably say the bank rolling pastor, right? It was still kind of a small sort of fledgling. Uh, he was bivocational. It was sort of, so it was like, there was a sense of ownership. I don't know how else to word it than that. So, I mean, he was on leave for some time and then was, and then was brought back. Mm. Right. Uh, and a number of people left, and and you know I was kind of one of those people. Um, now that's not saying this is the same situation right. here, yeah. But at that point, like it was feeling like, well, hold on, this just there was no sense of like real accountability. It almost felt like, you know, hey, just be out of sight, out of mind for a little bit, and then everyone's going to welcome you back. Just like go do your time, lay low, and then you can kind of be back, you know, right. Um, and, but there, without that communication, like as far as what a true leave or a true kind of like taking a break, you know, it, it's kind of hard. So even like like you would say Chandler, Chandler in a lot of ways was on leave. Yeah. But but there was still that sense of you know, hey, they're they're investigating this, they're going through something. Um, I mean, I think I felt like it was, if I remember correctly, I don't want to put words, but wasn't it a wasn't it formal church discipline, right? They, yeah, it sounded was like it, it formal. It sounded like it. Yeah, yeah. It, I don't know if they used that term, but it certainly did sound like that. You know, it was uh, you know repentance was being called for. Um, you know, he had to submit to the elders. So whether you call it that or not, it did it did look like that he had come under discipline for inappropriate. Mm-hmm non-sexual, non-romantic text yeah. texting with a woman in the congregation. Um, and so I don't know. It sounds like that more information was shared there than in this case. Um, but even mm. then, like we talked about it, like if I was a member at that church, I would, I, I still would want to know more because I don't understand. Yeah. I, I don't, it's, it's, I'm still nonplussed about the whole thing. Like what, why would, 
like what was said. You know, I don't have to have all the details, but I would want some. And that's my problem here is I get the impression that uh, nobody knows why this guy was on leave. I mean, out in the congregation is what it sounds like. That's the impression that I get. Mm. And uh, that would be a big concern for me. Um, obviously, depending on why a person is, is you know, put on leave. And I don't, again, I don't like that phrase as we're talking about dealing with a pastor uh, because according to this guy, you know, what he said we could share, uh, you know, this guy was brought back after less than a year, uh, welcomed him back to the pulpit, um, and you didn't think he was ready to be restored to pastoral leadership. So on leave wasn't just a vacation, it was a restriction of some sort. Mm-hmm. And then to be yep. restored back. So like, what's going on? I would want to know. And if the, and if the people, if your pastor isn't willing to say, no, this is what I've been struggling with. Um, this is what the elders called me out on. Then that's a real problem. I, I mean, I can tell you this. Uh, I would not stay at a church that hides or is less than honest and transparent on really important matters like this. I would expect there to be a good level of transparency. I don't need all the details. I'm not looking for people to be humiliated, but uh, yeah, I mean, and also, um, so this was a move t- taken by the elders. And if if it was, if it should have been an issue of church discipline, then the congregation should have been involved. Yeah. Um, you know, at, at a public level like this, I mean, it's, it's, it is public. He's going to be stepping down. So I, I don't know how much the congregation is involved in this, in this process at the church. It doesn't sound like at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he wants to, you know, he doesn't want to bail on the church. Um, he's young. He's got a lot to learn. We all do. But when you're young, boy, you know, you're, you start to realize uh, if you have your, your head screwed on straight, you start to realize like, well, I don't know as much as I need to know. And so you want to grow and you want to mature and you want to stay with the church you love. But um, yeah. how, do, how, how does he know if he should stay or leave? What should he be thinking through? Yeah, I mean, I think part of it that you mentioned here, um, well, what you – you have a clear disagreement that the guy should be back. I mean, and you're, I'm assuming, you know, based off of, you know, I mean, you guys are pastors, you guys are supposed to be working together, right? So how do you work with someone that you don't think should be there? Yeah. That's a hard, that's yeah. a hard place to be in, right? Uh, and you've been mentioned here, relationships have been strained and we feel like we're at the end of our rope. But how can we be a part of a church staff like this? How would y'all perceive this situation? I'd start looking for my exit. Yeah. I, I, I would be very honest and transparent with the staff. I, I, you know, yep. to start, I would and, and imagine that he did, I, but I would say like, listen, uh, you know, I, I, I think this is too soon. I think this is unwise. Yep. And depending on the church and the size of the church, well, it doesn't even matter the size of the church, depending on the church and how they're thinking about things, uh, you know, your some churches are so they're so wrapped around uh, the giftings of the preaching pastor that when you pull him out, boy, uh, people start to bail. And there's always going to be a little fall off, I guess, when that happens. But if they start hemorrhaging a lot of people, they might be like, "Let's get this guy back in the pulpit," you know, to to essentially mm-hmm. save the church, which is again wrong reason to do that. Um, but I understand that there are pressures involved. That, that people are going to feel, that leadership's going to feel, and they got to answer to the congregation on some level. But it doesn't sound like they're really communicating. And so that would be, that would be my big thing. I, I think I'm with you. Um, I would start planning an exit. If it's an unhealthy model and, and you can't help it, 
You know, if, if, yeah. if it's an unhealthy model that you can help, well, that's different. Um, and even then, yeah. if it's an unhealthy model that you can help or that can be helped, do you have the ability, the skill set, the patience to help? And it sounds like you might you might not be able to help uh, because they won't let it or that you're just not ready to do it. I, I don't know. But yeah, yeah, looking looking for an exit. Now, how do you do that, though? How do you start planning your exit? Like what what should a pastor start to do? I mean, obviously, like, listen, lots of prayer counsel for some yep. trusted friends that aren't really a part of the situation that can, you know, hold confidentiality and all of that. But all right. So what are some steps that they can start to do or take? Yeah. I mean, um, personally I'm kind of, I I've taken the road of once it's kind of settled, I want to be honest, yep. right? I want to be honest with the leadership. Hey, this is sort of where I'm at, you know? Um, and maybe even in this situation, maybe it's time to sit down with the leadership and say, here's where I'm at. I'm not seeing, like, can you help me see the path forward? What do you guys feel is the path forward? Because, you know, I mean, there, again, there's more information here that it, it's like, that's the kind of place where I would share that information. Yeah. Right. That's the kind of stuff that I'd be sharing and saying, listen, we just got to be honest. This is where we're at. Um, and what do you guys see as the next step? But at the same time, I'd be looking at the boards. I'd be looking at what's out there, what's available, and seeing whether it's whether it's you know into another ministry or maybe taking a break from ministry and looking at at uh, going you know finding a quote unquote nine to five right yeah. uh, just in the meantime to kind of heal up and and do what you have to do right. Um, and I don't know your situation. I don't know the church's situation. Like in the sense of you know. Is there a severance package? Is there this and that? I don't know what your runway is. I don't know like any of those sort of details. Um, but I would be talking with the elders, with the leadership at the pastoral at the pastoral level, and say, "Here's where I'm at." Yeah. And depending on the situation, right? Because you know, if if this is a pastor who was, you know, uh, abusing, uh, I'm just using examples, abusing a woman, right, uh, having an affair. Um, stealing money from the like, if it's something like that, mm-hmm. um, and they're just like, yeah, man, you can come back on, uh, come back in, then uh, that's a pretty quick like, I'm out. Like, this is this is corrupt. Yeah. Um, but if it's something that's a bit more complicated or something that's not quite so clear, then you might be able to, like Jimmy says, talk to them and say, listen, it looks like after this conversation, I can't really stay here with a clear conscience. But what I can do is uh, be here to serve faithfully uh, as we transition out. And if you want to give me, you know, so much time to do that, I'm, I'm willing to do that. Uh, or if, um, and, or if you, if they're going to offer severance, great, but, but be clear, like this is the end. Like I, there, there is an end date for me. I think I see my mm-hmm. day, my end date being out here and they might want to say, no, it's, it's yesterday. That's how a lot of them function. Um, And, you know, they might be afraid that you're going to start, you know, causing division and and spilling the beans and all of that. But I don't know. It's I got to be honest, man. Like there's I don't know that more of it's happening today than uh, in the past. I tend to not believe that more is happening today. I do think we're finding out about more and that we're able to share that information so that those are the two things that used to be, you know, somebody could get away with doing something nutty, but we are so connected, camera phones, videos, everybody knows everybody through the internet. I mean, goodness, like, yeah. look, 
I am a rather conspicuous looking person, uh, easy to spot, you know, hobbit height, bald beard, tattoos, probably have a cigar in my mouth. Um, not that I'm famous or well known, but like in Christian circles, I, I, if somebody was asked, I saw this guy, he was short, he had this tattoo on his hand, he had a big beard and, uh, you know, he was totally drunk. They would have a pretty good idea who that was i mean it's like mm-hmm. i feel like we're and that, that's not because you're known for drunkenness nope not because joe's known nope. for drunkenness. i'm just using an example very clear <laughs> i should have done with uh you know um smoking uh smoking math or something but um but my, but my point is is like so it's we're more easily caught these days in our transgressions because of the interconnectedness of life with everything. Yeah. And then sharing it is just all over the place. So I've been really like, it weighs heavy on me. The number of, of accounts that I hear regularly, um, even if I'm not intentionally looking for Julie Royce's tweets, um, you know, it's like constant. And I, I think it's fine to share that stuff. Um, you know, if, if people are in real trouble, if they're causing real damage, I think they need to be held accountable, but boy, it is, it is pretty discouraging. And I can only imagine, um, you know, being in a church. Well, I don't have to imagine I, I've, I've sat through some of this, uh, you know, as well, uh, with leaders that have gone mm-hmm. sideways. Uh, it's brutal. It's painful. And, uh, we feel for you, but, um, we'll certainly pray and, um, we'll keep you in mind. And you know what you should, uh, after you've made your decision or you figured things out, man, feel free to, uh, to write in and let us know how things are going because, you know, we actually do care, you know, we care about you and everything else. Any other, any final words, Jimmy? No, just be praying for you. It's uh it's not an easy thing. It's, it's a difficult situation. It's, um, uh, yeah, it has impact on you, your family, the church, the members, uh, and the leadership. I mean, it's it's something that you guys will be working through even after you're gone. And so, yeah. you know, learning how to carry that, uh, how to work through that baggage. And I mean, there's definitely baggage that I'm still sorting through uh, from yeah. previous churches that it just takes a long time. And I've been here for over, now over 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. And still sort of, you know, kind you of working through it. Yeah, yeah, listen, man, you can heal up. You still feel the scars, right? I mean, that's just, that's that's life. Yep. And, uh, you know, uh, praise God that um, these are momentary afflictions. They're real. They hurt. But uh, but God uses mm-hmm. them to prepare us for glory. And that's that's good. And, you know, I'm not, this is a, I'm not trying to make it awkward. But, uh, but Jimmy, we, we are, uh, we are in the current search for, uh, for a staff member at Redeemer. <laughs> RedeemerFellowship.org slash opening. Yeah. All right. Looking for an associate pastor? And uh, and what is the other one? It is a part-time youth minister. Go, Jimmy, go. There you go. Uh, Yeah. Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts. You can follow us online on Instagram, Twitter, at DocAndDevo, or on Facebook slash Dr. Devotion. You can head to the website, DrDevotion.com. They can contact us. You can sign up for the email blast at the store, JoeFoyStore.com, and grab some gear. we got that fresh pot every Monday and Thursday. we got blog posts and video content over at the website. And we've got that all-access exclusive content. we got Batch of Truth on Tuesdays, weekday wisdom, Monday through Friday. Head on over to DrDevotion.com slash all-access, or click the link on your podcast player that says support this podcast to get that ad-free, exclusive commercial content. Commercial-free content. Yeah. Later. Later.